Hey, it's Vadim. This is a bonus episode to episode 62. On episode 62, Ben and I spoke to Davies Roberts of Flare Audio about hearing and some of the cool stuff that Flare Audio is doing to help us hear things better. And uh, we mentioned there that they sent us a couple of products to review. So this is the review of those products. We recorded this review right after we spoke to Davies. And that was like two to three weeks ago from when I'm recording this intro. So I did want to share an interesting use case I found in my workflow for the EHD 360s. I had this situation come up where I sent an album off for mastering. And I was going back and forth with the mastering engineer on two points. One point was that I thought the master made the guitars way too harsh. And he was complaining about one particular symbol that sounded very distorted to him. And I could not for the life of me figure out what he was talking about with the symbol. So uh, the guitar issue, though, I, I figured, you know, let me try monitoring this in the Ear HD 360s. Maybe this harsh guitar is a product of my ear resonance. And sure enough, it got a lot better. When I, I put the Ear HD 360s in and then I used my over-ear headphones and I could see that the guitars were actually reasonable. I still had him turn them down a bit because, you know, again, I'm not sure. I want things to sound good without any ear inserts. But this was an interesting use case. And I'm actually, he's a friend of mine anyway. So I'm going to send him a pair of ear HD 360s and see if that is his symbol problem. Maybe he thought the symbol was so harsh uh, because of a similar issue in a slightly different frequency band. So a really interesting use case. The way I, I'm using these things now, like three weeks later, is like another pair of reference monitors. So I have you know, two sets of reference monitors and my headphones that I usually switch between as I'm mixing. And now I keep the EHD 360s kind of on my desk. They're very small. And I just pop them in from time to time and keep mixing. And it definitely changes the characteristic of the sound. Uh, I don't keep them in all the time, but I pop them in just to change my reference point and tuck things in, so to speak, which is what you know a lot of mixing is, is just tucking in things that are sticking out of the mix. So really interesting use case. And I do want to say that we did set up an affiliate link with Flare Audio. So this podcast will always be free. But if you want to support us and get some cool products, you can buy them through our affiliate link, which is in the show notes. You know, I think we'll we'll set up a couple of affiliates from time to time, and we'll we will only affiliate ourselves with brands that we genuinely like and believe in. All right, enjoy the review, and see you next week. You are listening to the DIY Recording Guys podcast, your one-stop information source for DIY music production, with your hosts Fadim Karaz and Benjamin Hall. Right. Well, we just finished up our interview with Davies Roberts, the founder, CEO, lead inventor of Flare Audio. And uh, yeah, what a, what a fascinating story and a fascinating company. It's like uh, you hear those stories about, was it Henry Ford when yeah. he says, if, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse uh, because cars <laughs> didn't exist and they didn't know they wanted that. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about these products. It's like, I didn't yeah. know that certain these, these certain things were a problem 
And what we're going to talk about here right now is our experience with uh, some of the products they've sent us. Yeah, that's a great way of introing it too, because I mean, he in that interview was great. He took us basically from him being a firefighter for 15 years, I think he said, to how that affected the way he thought about how speaker drivers work in, you know, in venues. So pretty, pretty amazing do-it-yourself story. And now he's a lot farther than do-it-yourself. He's got investors, <laughs> but it's just kind of, it's really cool to see how far you can go with DIY, or at least with that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I didn't even think about it from from that perspective. So the yeah the the, the kind people at Flare Audio were good enough to send us um, I think some Calmer inserts, which is one of their uh, one of their uh, flagship products, and um, a product called Ear HD. So you heard Davies if you listen to the interview, we talked about the difference between them a little bit. The Calmer product is designed to kind of reduce these harsh frequencies that tend to be grating on our nerves, like the old fingernails on a chalkboard thing. There you go. And is that the Calmer Knights that you're showing? Yeah, that's the Calmer Knights. Yeah, so so Ben got the Calmer Knights version for, for nighttime use, and I have the, the just the regular Calmer version. And then we also tried... Ear HD. I guess do you want to start with with Calmer to talk about that? Let's start with Calmer. With yeah, yeah. Okay. The the first thing I noticed putting them in is that they really fit very well. Uh, I was surprised yeah. at how good they felt in my ears. Um, it's like that feeling, you know, when you're plugging a microphone cable into a microphone and you get that satisfying like click, and then you know, oh yeah, yep. there's no question, this is correct. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. They kind of locked in. And felt really good. I'm somebody who's used to wearing earplugs for long periods of time, either through my past life in industry or just on travel or whatever. And with with foam earplugs, I find that the foam is expanding. So it's constantly applying pressure to the inside of your ear canal. And after hours of wear, you kind of get that like achy feeling in your in your ears. Yeah. And I I didn't have that with this because they're they're not expanding. They kind of lock in and they're not pushing against your ear canal. What did what did you think about the the fit? Yeah, I I agree with that. The fit was really good. I mean, they're super soft, which I really appreciate cuz I have this annoying problem with having very tiny like ear canals. So, I always have to use the smallest tip like uh fittings for any kind of in-ear monitor. And so, it was just nice to have something that was uh, not so hard, you know, a soft silicon material that just kind of fits. Like you said, I mean, it's designed, it's designed to fit with the normal ear. So I feel like it probably would pretty much fit with anybody's ear structure. Yeah, that was what was interesting to me was that it's kind of a, they only come in one size. I also have small ear canals, but anyway, I thought, I thought they were very comfortable. And the other thing I noticed right away was just like looking in the mirror, I couldn't really tell I was wearing them. In fact, I wore them for a bit before I asked my wife, I was like, can you tell that I'm wearing these things in my ears? And she's like, oh, now that you said it, I can tell. But they're fairly discreet, uh, more mm -hmm. so than I, I think I was expecting. Yeah, I completely agree. That's, I mean, that's the opposite of the HD90s that I'll talk about. We'll okay, talk about yeah. in a second. But I do like the fact you can just pop them in and you know, you're not going to get like weird looks from people. <laughs> right. So 
I did. I tested three scenarios because unfortunately we don't have that many scenarios available to us in these yeah. lockdown days. But there's there's three kind of audio grading scenarios I face in my day to day life, and I wanted to see whether the calmers would help me in any of them. The first one I mentioned during the interview is road noise. Like I've always found car engines and truck engines to be really, really irritating to me. And I tend to really shy away from walking on busy streets. Or if I am, I'm always wearing my in-ear monitor headphones because they provide sound isolation, even if I'm not listening to music. Um, the second scenario was cell phones, speakers, speaker phones. Sometimes my, my wife will be on the phone talking to our nieces and nephews and she's on speakerphone and I just, I have to leave the room. Like even though the SPL, the SPL sound pressure level is not that high. It's nowhere near 85 yeah. dB, I would guess. It is so grating to me that I just, I just can't take it. And I mentioned to you, Ben, when we were talking offline, my mom tends to shout <laughs> into the phone on speakerphone. I don't think That's she listens to this podcast, so I'm not worried about, <laughs> about talking. To it. But yeah, I, I, I find I can't turn the speakerphone down enough. So that was the second scenario. And the third scenario was kitchen. Freaking dishes yeah. and pots and pans banging into each other. Even when I'm the one doing the dishes, just every time those two dishes hit each other, I just clench up a little bit. And I was thinking about this, like, I think, I don't remember when I became so sensitive to these sounds, but I wonder if it has anything to do with what I do in the studio, which is try to pay attention to what I'm hearing. And I'm, I'm constantly, I can't really turn that part of my brain off. Like I'm constantly evaluating the quality and, and to tonal yeah. ca uh, characteristics of a sound. So those are my three scenarios I'll get into, but just just comment on that and and what your experience as a as a critical yeah, sure. listener is during the day. Sure. So I didn't have as many. I, I don't think my tests were as scientific. <laughs> I don't think together. mine were that scientific, but <laughs> yeah, they weren't as they weren't quite as put together as yours were. Um, but I think the first situation I tried them out in was also the most remarkable because I actually was doing some research and putting together my notes for our interview with Davies. And uh, I popped them in to my ears. And I sat down with my wife on the couch while we were watching Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. While the I was Kitchen Nightmares or Hell's, Hell's Kitchen? I said Hell's Kitchen, but it was Kitchen Nightmares. I didn't even know that was a show, but yeah, go on. Kitchen Nightmares. Um, <laughs> yeah. And... It's very much like, I think that show came out in the 90s or early 2000s, and it very much has that like very distracting reality show vibe about it where it's a lot of cut angles, like very anxious music because they're trying to, they're trying to just drive the point home in the show of like, this is a nightmare, you know, scenario. And so like every, everything about like the music and the distracting noises, like it's meant to like cause you to be anxious that sounds you, like my you, hell i would never watch a show like that that's <laughs> <laughs> well anyways um it was a great test for for the calmers though because i noticed instantly and I, I mentioned this in our interview with davies but um the first thing i noticed was that like i instantly felt less physical response from from those mm -hmm. triggering noises and I didn't even realize that that was a thing until that moment that those specific harsh frequencies and whatever whatever range that is, like let's just say two to four kilohertz. It might be bigger than that, but that range in particular, noises just elicit this physiological response from humans. And the calmer is just really kind of 
eliminate that to the point where I just didn't feel anxious watching that show. And in fact, I found it easier to focus on what I was doing and and without getting distracted. Because I think before, if I didn't have them in and I would have been trying to do research while having like a show like that on in the background, I imagine that every five minutes I would just, oh, I'm not working anymore. I'm I'm watching instead because of all the distraction. So I think it's just great from that standpoint. And even even when you were talking about just kitchen noises and stuff, like there's so many times when I'm working on a mix and the room where I do mixing is just down the hall from where our kitchen is. And there's so many times where I'll be working on the high end in a mix <laughs> and my wife will be like washing or like just turning on a faucet. And it's like the most grating, annoying thing to me because I'm trying <laughs> to distinguish what symbol noise I'm hearing from running water, like from a room yeah. that's 15 feet down the hall. And yeah. so and maybe not for mixing context, but for producing or recording, like just popping those things in is definitely going to be a lot more helpful to being less aggravated and distracted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think that that's similar to my experience. I mean, the, the first thing I did was I mentioned in the interview was walk down a busy street while yeah. wearing the calmers and then I pulled them out. That was my most difficult test because on a busy street, the the the, the uh, SPL can actually be high. You can actually be above 85 dB, which we know is when we want to start wearing hearing protection. So at first, um, I, I did notice a difference right away. But I will say like when things get really loud, like a construction site, it's still annoying. But I did notice like I was at a light and like a Corvette was revving its engine obnoxiously. And I definitely didn't have the reaction I normally have, which is like, why would you do that? I will strangle yeah. you. <laughs> I, I could walk down the street um, much more easily. And I I was, you know, I walked down for a quarter mile, half mile. Then I pulled them out and walked roughly the same distance. And I did the same thing on the way back. And I definitely noticed a difference there. So that's absolutely going to be a use case for me. Same thing with the cell phone. I was actually talking to my mom and I was like, I'm going to try this out. This will be good. And I found that I could keep the speakerphone at a reasonable volume without <laughs> getting irritated. So it definitely took off some of that sibilance and just yeah. harshness that I get in cell phones. And yeah, the same thing with the dishes. I, I did find uh, it was easier for me to be in the kitchen. Uh, so so yeah, it was just, it was successful in all three of those cases for sure. I will say that wearing them my house is generally quiet it's just my wife and i we work from home and we have a little office where we both work in sometimes during the day in that scenario i felt like i feel like i won't be wearing them yeah. and it's because I, I do feel like it changes the character of like my wife's voice like when we talk to each other and that's something that i find enjoyable in a quiet room um I found that my voice sounded different and her voice sounded a little different. And I just felt like I didn't need to have something in my ears for those quiet scenarios. Curious what you thought. Probably the same. When I probably will wear them the most is, you know, even going, even going on walks, I probably will. Oh, for sure. Watching, yeah. watching TV, anything that there's like ambient background noise, I'll probably just pop them in because they're, they're so easy to like even just push in and out of your ears. And they come in these like very, my wife was, she was very impressed with the cute little baggies that they come with. 
might mm-hmm. just buy some of those because they're so adorable. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you could just have that in your pocket and pop them, pop them out, pop them into your ear real quick. Yeah, and th- those are exactly my use cases. I've been wearing them when I go outside for walks. I definitely will wear them for for TV, especially like you said. There's some of those shows that really just push push that frequency range or like ads, right? Ads will always push that. Think Spotify ads. They'll always push that frequency range. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are great use cases. Also, my wife suffers from something called misophonia, which is this, uh, apparently a lot of people have it, but it's like where people chewing and like smacking their lips really sends her into a rage. <laughs> and uh, I let her wear them for a little bit too in the company of a person who is a little bit problematic with that. And she said she thought it helped, but we have to do some more, uh, some more testing there. But I found that to be very encouraging. Cool. So that's the calm ears. Go get them. Yeah, calmer. Calmer. Sorry. Yeah, calmer. C A L M E R. Yeah, I'm definitely a calmer. big fan. I'm gonna buy a couple for for friends and family just to to give them out. Like you said, they're so easy to uh, put in and remove. Uh, I've added yeah. them to my earplugs that are on my keychain, so I always have them with me now. Tell me about the uh, the ear HDs. Ear HDs. So here they are. You look a little bit like an alien when you're wearing them. Because <laughs> the, de- the design is, uh, it's specifically designed to, as Davey said, focus your hearing. Uh, it's like a magnifying glass for your ears uh, if you would hold it up right in front of you. So whatever you're looking at, it's going to focus that sound, especially in the mid-range and high-end, high, high-end frequencies. And whatever you're not looking at, it's kind of going to muffle or get rid of. And it was very fascinating talking to him. I've never thought about this, but your ears are on the side of your head. You're actually way more sensitive to things coming from the sides than you Mm. are from right in front of you. So this kind of solves that problem of uh, getting rid of any uh, peripheral uh, ambient noises and just focusing on the sound source. So once again, probably even more so than the calmers, when I pop these in like instantaneously, I noticed a huge difference. I use them for watching TV a little bit, but mostly just listening to music in my studio. Unfortunately, um, since everything's still locked down, I haven't had the opportunity to go to a live venue to watch a band perform because I, I do think that that would be, and even Davies confirmed that, that that would be the most ideal scenario yeah, to wear these. Is, yeah. And the reason I can't, I'll, I'll tell you the reason that I, I came to that conclusion because I was telling you, Vadim, earlier how I was listening to these in my studio. And the crazy thing about them is you pop them in and instantaneously anything in, that's supposed to be in the center image, the phantom center image just pops more into the center and like seems kind of more upfront than it even was before. Like any vocals, guitars that are up the center like solo guitars even snare maybe not so much kick but anything Mm. that has mid-range frequency and high-end content that's in the center just pops even more into the center and uh it does focus the high end in a very interesting way like it kind of clarifies things in an interesting way i think the thing that i'm a little bit um on the fence about is how much better of a way is it changing sound in those mid and high end frequencies? Cause I noticed this in particular with like 
heavy guitars from some hard rock and metal bands that I like because I I didn't listen to too much of a variety of music. I just listened to stuff I've kind of got my Spotify recently listened to list. And it definitely changes the it changes the sound of guitars in a way that I didn't feel like I liked as much. But I will say that with the caveat of maybe that's the way that the guitars actually sound. <laughs> maybe it's the way that they're entering my ears and they're reflecting off of things that makes guitars sound the way that they do. But um, having the the ear HD 90s in, it just adds and focuses the the mid and high frequencies of the guitars in a really almost unnatural way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting description of it. So I have the, uh, ear HDs, which, which look very, or HD three sixties, which look very similar to the columners. Mm-hmm. And do. here's a weird thing. You know how they say that like the, in, in a village, the shoemaker has the worst shoes or like the cobbler has the worst shoes. Yeah. So I don't have a system in my house for listening to music except in my studio. Like when I'm not in the studio, we just have a little Bluetooth speaker. I'm like really, really ashamed of that now. Like you don't have a hi-fi system is what, what yeah, you're like saying. Yeah, we don't have a stereo system upstairs, which is which is crazy, but that's how it worked out. We used to have one. I don't know what happened. Anyway, <laughs> so my experience was as follows. I, I was trying them with the Bluetooth speaker which is a mono sound source. And I was really impressed. I found okay. uh, something I struggle with just streaming music. Uh was high quality streams though. I struggle with overly sibilant vocals and cymbals. And hmm. I really did feel like this was a more enjoyable listening experience when I put the, the HC360s on. And I was like, wow. I would just you know listen to two bars of a verse and then pull them out and be like, okay, there's a big difference there. Uh, that sibilance reduction in and of itself was was very impressive for me, and I did feel like I could hear more of the non-sibilance in the track, right, which was cool. Um, but then this morning, I was down in the studio listening, you know, with my sonar works engaged and everything else, just listening to some of my reference tracks. And there I experienced something similar to what you said with with heavy guitars. I felt mm. like the I lost the bite. I mean, we talk about that that bite range and heavy guitars and like the 4K range. It was definitely attenuated, but I can't say that I preferred it uh, yeah. overall. Now, my studio is, a, a, you know, it's as close as I've gotten to a, a good calibrated listening environment. And maybe part of this is that I'm very used to sitting here listening to music and I just, it sounds different now. So maybe, you know, that yeah. was part of the effect. Um, but I, I, here's what I was thinking also. Okay. So my use case is definitely like mediocre uh, listening systems. I saw a huge improvement. I'm actually going to try them in the car today. Um, and also on that Bluetooth speaker, I could see using these for, for television. I definitely found that to be more enjoyable. I'm a little hesitant to say I would use these for mixing. Yeah. I'm already very sensitive as we've we've talked about. I'm very sensitive to this frequency range. So when I mix, I pay a lot of attention to it. I try to make it very smooth and controlled. And so 
I think, you know, Davies perhaps would make the argument of like, well, I'm overcompensating for my own hearing deficiencies by doing that. I'm actually making moves based on I'm wearing sunglasses, right? Yeah. And I'm painting my house a lighter color because I want more brightness where instead I could have just taken off the sunglasses. And I think that's valid. Yeah. And I think what you said is valid too, where you can use it as a, as a referencing device. But the caveat is that I'm wearing sunglasses, but like, so is everybody else. And, and that's <laughs> who I'm mixing for in a sense. So I will say, I think for, from a mixing standpoint, I could see using this as a referencing tool, just like checking in headphones versus listening in monitors. But I don't think I would trust myself enough to just mix in them. What do you think? So the interesting thing about, you know, the differences between the ear, uh, ear HD 360s and the 90s like I have, I think the interesting, because they're, they're both designed to do the same thing, with one, you know, distinct difference in that yours is 360 sound. It's not meant to focus on anything in particular where yes. mine is meant to focus on things directly in front of you. And I didn't even make that point. I didn't finish the point I was making with, you know, the last thing I was saying about the ear HD 90s is that the reason I came to the conclusion that I think they'd be best for a live venue is because when I was listening in my studio, even though they focused the high end, uh, they also kind of eliminated the stereo width that you naturally get which makes total sense because even in the design the opening is only uh focused directly in front of you there's you know a shield wall on the sides uh of these EHD 90s so it's purposely trying to eliminate reflections mm -hmm. which in a room uh your natural sense of how wide a sound is is affected by the first reflection and second reflection points. So it's kind of eliminating that. And you don't necessarily want that, I think, in a controlled studio environment. Well, I but, wonder, you know, do you think do you think it would help if your if your space was like undertreated, like if you didn't have acoustic treatment to the sides? That's a great maybe? point. I absolutely think so. Hmm. And uh, I mean it even even in my studio that's treated, I think it points out some of the you know, it, it points out some of the flaws that like, even though it's treated, it's not a hundred percent like eliminated. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so, not necessarily that you would want that, but yeah. Right. So, so, so I, you told me about that focusing effect and I was purposely listening for that with the HD 360s and I, I did okay. not experience that uh, with the three, which again makes sense because they're not blocking out sound from the sides. In fact, if anything, for some genres, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, that was listening to um, just like a like a rock and roll track. I actually thought that I could hear more clearly with the HD 360s in. I could hear the sides of the stereo field more clearly, and I think it was because mm. that sibilant. There was a lot of a lot of sparkle and sheen and sibilance on the the main vocal coming down the middle, and because it kind of leveled that out attenuated it i felt like i could hear the background vocals a little more clearly interesting very interesting yeah so i think as far as recommendations for the EHD 90s i would say if you are an avid con concert goer i i think they're 
a must buy for that situation. If you like going to live shows, they're almost kind of like I would equate them to if you have ever been to like an arena show or maybe even better yet, an amphitheater show where you're so far away, you can barely see the people performing and yeah and you and you take uh, binoculars with you just so that you could see them close up this is kind of the equivalent <laughs> of that only a little bit more useful because uh let's just imagine and i i'm just thinking of the last uh arena show that i was at which was 21 pilots a couple years ago and we were up in the rafters still a great show but like you're hearing a lot of the untreated like ceiling from this arena it's not meant to be purely a music venue and so it's those are so hit or miss <laughs> yeah i could see that being really helpful here so you could pop those in and it just is going to focus on you know the sound the this sound coming directly from the stage and eliminating all the all the kind of reverberations yeah i could see that being very helpful in a big show you know what it reminds me of it's like if you ever see a cat when you make a noise and it 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 focuses its ears. Yeah. It's kind of exactly. like that. <laughs> I kind of wish we had that feature. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? That's what I think is probably the most useful scenario. I don't anticipate wearing them in my house too often, but for live concerts, I'll definitely take a pair along with me. Yeah. Live concerts. I could also see that being, I mean, it, it might be a little awkward just because you said you they they they, they stick out of your ears a bit. But in a bar, when you're trying to talk to people, and I have like kind of light case of ADD where I'll be like, I'll find myself for five seconds now, I've been listening to those people's conversation over there and not to the person I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, that's a really so good point. I could see that being uh, helpful as well. And I'm definitely going to try out my columners in, uh, in busy bars because that is a place where very often I'll pull out the earplugs. And in fact, to make it more discreet and less isolating, I often take like a foam earplug and rip it in half and just like put the halves in my ears. Mm. And um, yeah, these calmers are basically sit in as well as that half earplug. So they're very, uh, they sit like well into your ears. And yeah, I'm very excited about that. It's a product, like I said, I didn't know I needed, but now that I have it, I'm really excited to to use it. And I'm anticipating ordering a, a bunch more, like I said. so. Yeah, same with me, and I'm excited to see, I mean, above and beyond these products, I think Flare has some really cool stuff going on, and I'm excited to see what they come up with next. Yeah, dude, I want those I want those zero speakers so bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in the product and you want to ask us any questions, uh, feel free to reach out. We'll give you our uh, our honest opinions. And until next time, DIY Recording Guys reminding you to check yourself or you wreck yourself. If you're enjoying the podcast, take a minute to leave a rating wherever you like to listen to it or share it with your friends on social media. Also, Benjamin and I are working engineers and we love helping people turn ideas into finished productions. So if you're interested in working with one of us or just want to discuss a project you're working on, reach out. You can find my work at calmfrogrecording.com. Get me on Instagram at calmfrogrecording or shoot me an email, vk at calmfrogrecording.com. 
And you can check Benjamin's workout at dreamloudstudio.com. Hit him up on Instagram at dreamloudstudio or by email, ben at dreamloudstudio.com. And finally, join our Facebook group to engage with a whole group of friendly, like-minded people who are interested in DIY recording. Just search for DIY Recording Guys on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. I'll see you next week.